Welcome to Nature Within You, the podcast that explores how yoga and other mindfulness practices benefit our lives in ways both simple and profound. I'm Patti Premari, a yoga teacher, librarian, and educator living and practicing in Western Massachusetts. And today we're going to delve into more of the profound side of things. We're going to be talking about love. <laughs> it could be a loaded topic. So this is going to be a great conversation. And with me today is Susan McNamara, a yoga teacher, wellness coach, writer, and so many other wonderful qualities. Um, and yeah. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? Hey, Patty. I'm doing great. It's always good to be with you. So excited for today's topic as we're heading towards Valentine's Day. I know. It's a huge topic as I found out this week uh, when I started to think about it and look into it and really delve into the topic myself. I thought we'd start with something more on the light side. So I was going to ask you, what do you love about your yoga practice? Mm. I love the way that it connects me to myself and to something more. And so that something more sometimes feels like spirit to me. Sometimes it's the natural world. So I think for me, the word that always comes up is connection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a part of love being connected mm. to something bigger than ourselves. And I guess for me, um, I love my yoga practice as well. And I agree with you. I I love that sense of connection. Um, I also, I, I love that when we can quiet our, that monkey mind, that, you know, these thoughts that just constantly come in and out and roll in and, and roll out. I love when we can quiet that because we can come into a place of more spaciousness where some of those bigger questions and bigger ideals, I think, can, you know, find a place. Mm. And I find that when I do practice, I just always have a better day. Yeah. Yep. And so that right there, that is enough. You know, that would be the, <laughs> the only reason you really need to practice. Mm. But there's so many other benefits. And it seems like they keep coming and coming and coming the longer I practice and, and listen to podcasts about, you know, um, mindfulness and meditate and all of these things. Yeah, I love that too. Just that more expansive, that, that larger perspective, if you will, about, you know, either my own personal problems or what's happening in the world, because I think that that's when we get really constricted in our minds and in our bodies and closed in our hearts. You know, when we're talking about something like love, I feel like when we're in those smaller places, I definitely feel more closed off. Yeah, I do too. And I see it like all around me all the time where, you know, our country right now is so divided. It just feels like, you know, like that song, where is the love? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where is the love? Um, but when we do get wrapped up in all of those, ugh, so much minutia, it's really hard to make pl make space for the love. Even if we define ourselves as loving, peaceful people, it's really hard to make space for love when, you know, somebody has a different political ideology 
or somebody sees things different or we've had differences. Mm. You know, I see people kind of taking these harder stances. Um, so yeah, this is a really profound topic because love takes so many different forms. Another um, thing I was thinking about is how many different kinds of love there are. Yeah. Like the love of a parent for a child or the love we have for our pets mm. or the love between friends. And then there's like the Hollywood version of love, you know, the, the hunk of hunk of burning love mm. type of love. Um, and so it's really hard to kind of get a handle on love. There's no one definition. Yeah. Um, the definition I'm kind of using for today's talk, just to, so we have something we can kind of go on, is that uh, love, um, I'm just defining it as a strong attraction that we have for someone or something. Yeah, and I feel like as you're talking, just because it links to the conversation we were having before we started today, was I think we also have to include self-love in there. Mm-hmm. Right, because so often we can love our pets and love our kids and love the people in our lives, but then not love ourselves. And that speaks to what you and I were talking about in terms of self-care, because you don't take care of what you don't love or what you don't appreciate. That's so true. And the self-love part of this is a whole day's conversation mm. on its own. Mm. So um, I guess what I, what I wanted to bring out first is why we should care about love. You know, like what's the big deal? And it turns out from all of the research and the social sciences that when we can both give and receive love, we are more happy we're happier mm. we're just happier people when we give love and we're happier people when we receive love and there was a study it was really really interesting to hear about this where they gave two groups of people a small amount of money it was like twenty dollars so the first group of people was told to go spend that money on themselves and they did and the second group of people was told to go spend that money on someone else and they did and when they interviewed both groups later, it turns out that the people who gave instead of bought, buying something from themselves reported more happiness on the happiness quotient. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that how much we love to give as human beings. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's such a huge one, especially. I think it's also the antidote for the narcissistic selfie culture sometimes, right? Where you're just so... <laughs> what narcissistic selfie culture? I have no idea, Patty. You know, that, that <laughs> part of us that's, you know, looking to just look a certain way on social media or in a picture or whatever it is. And you know, scrambling for happiness there. And like you're saying, it doesn't exist there. It exists in giving to other people. Mm. Yeah, there's just something about giving that makes us feel maybe more human or, or maybe it's the connection that we, we feel when we give. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't know what happened somewhere along the line, but it seems like we're all born with this amazing capacity as babies to love and to receive love. Mm. And yet somewhere along the line, some of us, you know, we lose some of that capacity. And 
I asked the question, why? Like, what happened? And I guess a million things happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get dinged up along the way. <laughs> a shiny new object that gets dinged up yeah. along the way, you know? Um, but another thing that I know about from my yoga practice is that at times our own egos or our expectations can get in the way of love. Um, so, you know, we have these egos to protect ourselves, right? So it's, it's good that we have an ego in so many ways because it's there to protect our social standing and make sure that we're part of groups and really important things like that. So it's like an evolutionary um, need. However, sometimes our egos go on overdrive and we start putting expectations out on people. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's human nature to do it. Because first of all, I didn't know for the first 30 years of my life that I even had an ego. It just, <laughs> you know, it operated in the background. I had no clue that I even had an ego. So I didn't realize what was happening. And once you kind of know that, then when you see it happening, you can say, aha, uh -huh, the ego is at work here. I need to tamp that baby down a little bit. And, um, you know, and think, think this through a little, a little more gently, maybe be a little more gentle. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, when you're talking about the ego, I, I know a lot of times these days people talk about, you know, the stories that we have and that certainly, what the ego runs on are all the stories about what's going to happen to us, what we need to do to protect ourselves. And I feel like there's so many stories there about love. So any way that we've ever gotten hurt, any way we didn't get the love that we needed, and then we tend to keep carrying that forward, you know, so I, it, to come back to that place where we get dinged up and then we walk out into the world and do the same thing to other people. Yeah. It's a very common story. Yes, it is. <laughs> In fact, this happened to me a few weeks ago where I, you know, COVID is hard. I think it's been hard on friendships because we just can't get together with the people we love as often or like we used to or maybe even sometimes not at all. And so I had been really missing this one friend of, of mine and creating these stories in my head around you know, feeling really um, lonely and feeling really like she wasn't reaching out. And why am I always the one, like for a week, I suffered. I really, really suffered with this. And then I just decided to sit down and offer up a meta um, loving kindness um, meditation. And in that meta, I I sent her meta. I sent her loving kindness. And then I'm not kidding you. It was like that same day I received a text from her mm. saying, Hey, how are you? Mm. And so it just felt like that was one of those profound mysteries of life where we do something like that. And the thing that we're most hoping for happens. But sometimes we have to like take, take that into our own hands. Um, one of the yogic principles that can help with, um, you know, kind of like releasing the ego is a parigraha. And so this is a yogic yama 
And a yogic yama is a moral guideline. You know, these are like the the yamas and niyamas, our moral guidelines um, that help us to learn to live in relationship with ourselves, others, and the world around us. And aparigraha means non-attachment. And so we can work on this and um, we can work to be less attached to outcomes we hope will happen. Mm-hmm. And just kind of go with the flow of life. Yeah. But that's like so hard, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. that, just even the story that you were just telling, there's the grasping and the, you know, inside of your mind, making up stories and trying to control how somebody's in touch with you. And it's so hard to not do that because I think that what I always find is it makes me feel way more vulnerable when I'm not doing that, when I'm not sort of creating some story or some expectation. If there's something that I really want from somebody, maybe that I'm not getting, it's really hard to do what you're, what you just described is to just kind of sit back. And if people aren't familiar with the meditation, it's like you're sending love, you're sending happiness, you're sending peace to the other person. And it's a great practice, especially if you're struggling with someone instead of being at war with them you pull them into your heart and, and wish them well in so many ways. But that's a really, that's a vulnerable place to sit in. It really is. But I felt all very, I felt so bad inside because of all of the thoughts (laughs) I was having for that, that whole week that I needed something. And so in that moment, it felt better than kind of like the suffering I was already putting myself through. These um, yamas, like I'm just kind of discovering them now and I've been doing yoga for years. I had heard about these yamas, but it's only been very recently I'm taking a course right now, um, a Let Your Yoga Dance course and um, with Nancy Butenheim and she's teaching me, she's a wonderful teacher, all about the yamas in this aparigraha. And she really recommends taking a yama and working on it for a period of time. So you're working on it for a whole week or you're working on it for a whole month or you're working on it for a whole year. Mm. Like it's kind of your mantra you come back to. So it's in your mind. And then when you feel like you have some control with that one, you can move on to another one. The one I'm working on right now is Santosha, which is contentment, Mm. just being content you know, looking around myself and and being content with what I have. But this Aparigraha one is the bomb. It's, you know, if you can get this one down, wow. Because immediately I felt happier after I did the metta loving kindness meditation. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting that you're doing this because I'm doing my own course right now, work, yeah, on something through the HeartMath Institute. And one of the things that they were talking about today and that they've been researching is the electrical current from the heart oh. and the field that gets created around you as anything that electrical will create its own field and that that field can be felt. And so as you're telling me the story and I just was doing this today, I have these like side by side images of a heart that's hard and hurt and angry and incoherent probably in the electrical charges that it's sending out and that can be felt all around us and then the heart that sits in the meta meditation is one that's open and receptive right because you're not like 
you're not accusing your friend of anything. You're not demanding anything of her. You're just sending love to her. And then look what ends up happening. She winds up getting in touch with you because who would want to be in touch with somebody that you could feel their, their irritation or their demand from you? Yeah. And my stories really were made up because when we did get together for a walk like that next afternoon, we had such a loving walk and she told me how much she had been missing me, which is what I needed to hear, right? So yes. it kind of all worked out. I really think there's something to this non-attachment stuff and something profound with the loving kindness meditation. Mm. So I think another thing that keeps us from being loving is self-judgment and this is something I dance with very closely especially in my earlier years I'm getting better Um, I bet there's a lot of people listening to this who feel that way too just kind of judging yourself so critically and feeling unlovable Mm. um, can yeah, we send out these vibes, I think. And like you said, these vibes can be kind of measured. People can feel this. Yeah, because you, you and, and we all know that if, if, if everybody just sort of sat back and thought, you know, research aside, you can feel that when somebody's desperate, you can feel when somebody's demanding of something of you. So yeah, and that that judgment that comes in definitely is such a block, right, to all of our relationships. Definitely. And this is another place where meta loving kindness comes in because we can include ourselves in the meta loving kindness meditation with may I be happy. May I be healthy. And I know, Susan, you've used this for years because you do it every at the end of every single one of your yoga classes. Mm. And it's beautiful. It's just really, really a beautiful sentiment and uh a way to send people off feeling loved and cared for. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different way of being in the world when you really do imagine those kinds of things for other people. Because it, it, I, I think this whole thing too that you're talking about, about love and then relationships with your friends, about how often we think that it's like the other person needs to be different somehow or they're disappointing us or they didn't do it the way that we wanted or in the time frame or whatever. And we always think that we're only going to be released when they somehow change their behavior. And we don't see that we actually hold the key, yeah. that we can release ourselves just like you did on that day where you sat, you released yourself. It wasn't that she finally got in touch with you and you were okay. You were actually okay before she got in touch with you. And then that opened this unbelievable path for you. Yeah. And I'm seeing more and more of the, when I think when we open ourselves up to these kinds of experiences, we see them more and more. Yeah. Take bigger part of our lives. Yes. Um, so I, I was looking into the Buddhist, the ancient Buddhist teachings around love. And, you know, they break love into different um, categories. But one of them that's really, really interesting to me is universal love. Mm. So that's the idea that the underpinning of the universe is love. Or you could call it God or Ananda. You can call it whatever you want. But that the underpinning, like what makes the fabric of the universe is love. And what brings this really to 
mind for me and makes me think, huh, interesting, is that I had recently watched this show, this series on Netflix, where they were showing a variety of different people who have had near-death experiences and all of them said and there's been like years and years and years and years of research into this and you know writing down documenting people's stories and without you know so many people report when they come back that it was just all love Mm. and they all none of them wanted to come back (laughs) it was light they each saw it differently in this particular program you know they each had different experiences but their experiences were common in that they were complete love fests yeah and if that's true and like I have no reason to believe it is not true because I've never died and and had an experience I've got to trust the people who this has happened to and these were like people from all walks of life who were, you know, just normal, regular people, not yogis, not meditators, just, you know, common people all coming back reporting the same thing. I've got to believe that what they are reporting is true. Yeah. And if that is true, then that means that because we are part of the universe, that we too are love. Mm. And when we can think about ourselves in that way, it's profound. Yeah. Yeah, it changes everything, right? Between how you think about yourself, how you think about how you treat yourself, how you treat other people, you know, to realize that concept that it's just, it's not a separate thing and it's not something that any of us has to earn, that it's actually the fabric of who we are. Mm -hmm. And there's times when we have to protect that, right? I think we really have to protect it. One of the things I kind of want to close with here is I recently learned the um, the sign for love in American Sign Language. It's really profound. You take your two fists and fist up your hands and you make um, an X over your heart. So you're, it's like you're holding, you're protecting your heart. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's like you are protecting your heart. And I wish that more people would feel like they should protect their heart Mm. against, you know, so many of the petty things that, you know, we hear on the news or petty things that happen at the office. Like, could we just protect our heart and say, you know what, I'm not going to feel that way against that person, even if they just said something I didn't particularly agree with I'm not going to harden my heart against them because I believe in love and I believe in peace Mm. and I cannot say I believe in love and I believe in peace and not act loving and peaceful yeah I just that's beautiful I just am like linking back to you saying it's like the creative force and I feel like it's like beyond our own hearts like when you make that choice it's like you're saying I'm I'm protecting all of creation I'm protecting the the truth and the beauty and the preciousness of who we are because like we're squandering ourselves so often by exactly what you're talking about the petty stuff that we get in our minds that we get in between us and other people yeah yeah so true. And so I'll just end here with a quote um, by Marianne Williamson. We are not held back by the love we didn't receive in the past, but 
by the love we're not extending in the present. So that wraps up another. That's a, I'm kind of profound. Letting, I'm letting that one sink in. That's a game changer. Yeah. Right? Because then it's not just like, oh, I, I had this bum deal in my past, so that's why I can't do it. It's it's like no matter what happened behind you, it's always in front of you. Yeah. And it's not to minimize anybody's, um, you know, anything that happened to people in the past. That's real and I think a lot of people ha- have a lot of pain from things that happened in the past. And there's also a future where people can find more love, mm. open up to it, um, be willing to give and receive love. And, and yeah, and use your yo- yoga practice and your meditation practice to help you get there. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Susan, where can people find out, um, find more about you yes. on your beautiful new website, maybe? <laughs> Thank you, Patty. <laughs> um, you can find me at rememberingwhatmattersmost.com. And there's a way if you want to be in touch with me, my email and phone number are there. Okay. And you can find me at pattypraymari at gmail.com p-a-t-i-p-r-a-y-m-a-r-i at gmail i also have a facebook page and an instagram page and i'm building a website good luck everybody have a great day and uh we'll talk to you next time bye bye bye